Thank you for joining us for another powerful message from the teaching ministry of Destiny Church. We hope that you'll be challenged and stretched to grow through today's message. But most of all, we hope that you'll encounter the Father's love. If you're in the greater Mobile Bay area, please join us for our weekend worship celebration. Or if you're looking for a church family excited for a revival, please come join us in bringing heaven to earth. Lord, help us to align our, our hearts with your word today. Mark chapter 5 is where we're going to go. If you want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles there, it's a story where Jesus healed that woman who had an issue of blood uh, for all those years. And so Mark chapter 5 is where you want to go. And as we start this message today, we're, this is message 3 in this series called Vertical. I'm not really sure how long it's going to go. It's just going to go till it, the Lord says do something different. But this entire message is about our relationship with the Lord. And uh, in doing this, we have to understand that there's a vertical relationship and there are horizontal relationships. And so many people are seeking vertical relationships. Um, but they're seeking them in the wrong places. They're seeking them through mediums. I, one of my friends was, I was on Facebook the other night, and one of my friends was talking about that they had gone recently to a medium and uh, had, a, had a psychic reading. And I'm like, man, that just grieves my heart because they're seeking for a, a transcendent, something that goes beyond uh, rationale and the laws of this earth as we know it. It's transcendent. In other words, God does not, is not contained in the laws of our universe. God created the laws of our universe. And so he's beyond it. His word says he's higher than our way. Uh, his ways are higher than our ways. And so, you know, we all have this desire for something greater. And throughout studies of anthropology, which is a study of all people, there's, there's yet to be a people group, an indigenous group in any local remote area of the world that does not have some concept of a higher power, of a higher creator. Because we have a built-in uh, a desire within us to know our creator, to know our father. Recently, I was talking with someone and they were saying, you know, that they have a desire for a, cre to a relationship with the creator, like he's out there somewhere doing something, and I don't really know what he is, but they have a desire for that. We're all created because God created you and me for relationship, and he created us for community. And when you look at the word of God, God created man for community with himself first. God created Adam, and Adam and the father had a relationship before Adam and the woman had a relationship. So vertical before horizontal. And right now, what's happening in our world is that there's so much horizontal relationship building that we're trying to do that we're really neglecting the vertical. And someone, I don't know who said this, but someone said uh, that over the past 25 years, and honestly, it's really more like, because where I was reading this, this book was like 10 years old. So if it was... 25 years when I was reading it, uh, when he wrote it, it's now 35 years. But okay, so let's say over the past 35 years, and probably more than that, but really over the past 35 years, what has happened is we've been trying to convince ourselves in the church world. Stick with me now. We've been trying to convince ourselves in the church world that basically excellence is... Uh, uh, Doing church in the flesh excellently is better than doing church in the flesh poorly. Think, it, it, it'll take you a minute to get, wrap your mind around what I'm saying. Doing church in the flesh, horizontal, with excellence is better than doing church in the flesh poorly. I'm going to unpack it for you because I see some confusion on some of your faces. We've, we've convinced ourselves that doing church horizontally, it's all about the people. It's all about trying to get the crowd inside the building. 
It's all about trying to appease the crowd. I mean, you'd have to be blind to not realize that the American church is consumeristic. Like, we are a consumeristic society. We just are. And so that's doing the church horizontal. And we've convinced ourselves that doing horizontal church like that excellently, we have better building, we have better lights, we have better singers, we have better sound equipment, we have flashier kids' ministry, that doing church in the flesh excellent and doing church over here in the flesh poorly, we don't have as good or we don't even try to have as good. Brothers and sisters, both of those are pitiful. Both of them are not acceptable. The only way to do church is to be a church that is centered on the kabod, the glory of God. Now, I know many of you guys may not know me. Many of you guys, most of you guys do. But ever since Destiny Church has been a, a house of worship, from the time we were meeting in my living room with just eight people to today, it has always been about the presence of God. It's always been about that. We might have gotten it wrong at different times along the way or whatever, but it's always been about the glory of God, and it always will be about the glory of God. There have been times, and I know people hate when I say stuff like this, but just honestly, I don't care because you have to be transparent you have to be real. You have to be people of integrity. And if that hurts your feelings, I'm sorry. And if it hurts your feelings because I'm talking about somebody that you love, I'm also sorry. If it were my own mama sitting on the front row, Shay, am I lying? If she were sitting right there, I hate to hurt your feelings, mama, but the truth is the truth is the truth. And I've had people on staff try to steer me in a direction away from the kabod. I've, tried to, I've, I've had people on this worship team that has tried to steer us away from the kabod and do horizontal worship. Listen, it's always, always about him. It's not the flashiest song. We're not going to have people in our pulpit that are teaching and they're doing horizontal teaching. I grew up on so much teaching that was horizontal. You with me? Because some of your faces, I'm misreading you. You don't look like you're with me. You don't look like you understand. So I'm just going to take a little bit of time to explain it because I want to make sure I'm explaining it well. And some people will take this as a criticism, and it is. But I'm not being a jerk criticizing. I'm literally looking and saying, is that okay? I can tell you that people would drive for miles, hours to see a man preach. Because they loved his preaching style. I've seen people move to different areas of the country. Because they love somebody's preaching style. Is there anything wrong with that? I don't guess there is. But where is there glory attached to it? Where is the glory in that? Is the person receiving the glory or is God receiving the glory? And I can tell you, I grew up on a lot of incredible preaching. Amazing preaching. And all I ever heard was... Man, and I don't want to call their names because I admired and looked up to some of these great men of God. But all I ever heard was, man, I tell you what, that dude can show preach. Man, I tell you what, that dude's, uh, that dude's uh, memory of Scripture is photographic. He can, he can just remember all, you know, all of that's great. All of that's great. All of that's great. None of that is wrong. None of that is wrong. But when we start seeking horizontal glory over the vertical glory of God, when we start seeking, uh, you know, and when we begin, you know, people to praise. Listen, I don't care how much the preacher preaches. I had it in while I was in seminary. I had this uh, professor of mine in one of our preaching classes. He just played 
two uh, tapes and he played one of this guy and man, oh, he, had, he just had this voice like, like, you know, he narrated movies or something. And he was like, I just want you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 7. And today I'm going to extrapolate from the word of God, you know, blah, blah. And I mean, and it was like, just his voice. It sounded like, you know, like uh, the guy that does Darth Vader's voice. What's his name? James Earl Jones, he, he just sounded like Darth Vader reading the Bible. You know, it was powerful. And then he played this other tape, and it's this little country guy. And while he was preaching, his words weren't just right, and, you know, he was crying in the middle of his message, and you could tell he wasn't real educated, but that dude was in love with Jesus. Oh my gosh, during the message when he was preaching it, you could just tell his heart for, for the Lord. And you could just tell, like, man, he was so on fire for Jesus. And as we were listening to these two different presentations in our preaching class... The, uh, the uh, professor then said, all right, I want you to give me your views on these different, uh, these different messages. And so, man, we go to town. You know, we go to town. We're young preaching students. We, we're thinking, well, surely this guy that sound all eloquent and, and mighty and Darth Vader voice and powerful and everything was amazing in his presentation was the one that he was wanting us to choose. At the very end, he said, the greater preacher of the two was the less educated, the less whatever, because you could tell this is a man who meant what he said. This is a man who had, who had been in the presence of Jesus. This is, the, this, is, this is the message of a man who his life had been transformed. One was giving information. The other was modeling transformation. His life had been changed forever. And it's like Paul, when he was preaching the word, he says, listen now, I'm not like those super apostles. I don't come to you with enticing words or pretty, you know, flowery speech, but we come in the, it, with the demonstration and the power of the Holy Ghost. That's what Paul said. He said, I ain't got pretty words for you. I don't have a theology degree, but I know that one day I met the God of this universe on the road to Damascus who struck me blind and changed my life and told me where I was headed, but if I would follow him, where I would end up. And he's like, that's the power that I come to bring to you the word of God. And so for us, it's always going to be about the glory of God. This is probably, I don't know, I've preached a lot of sermons and series over the years, but this is probably one of the most, if not the most important series for Destiny Church because we are going to be a church that pursues His glory. Sometimes it's hard to pursue His glory. Sometimes it seems like it's so easy to get into the glory of God. When you have all of the settings just right. When you, when you have air conditioning and cushioned seats and, you know, amplification and lights behind you and, you know, singers on the stage who know what they're doing and musicians who are incredible. Like, it seems like it's really easy to get into the presence of God in those situations. It seems hard when there's no air conditioner. I don't know if y'all ever been in a church without an air conditioner. I've been in a church where they didn't even have a bathroom in the church. You had to go out behind the church. And, and somebody didn't put a light bulb in there. So it's like you're just hoping you in the right direction, you know. I've been in some places, man. But I'm telling you what. You, you can find the glory of God anywhere. 
This is what I want to show you today, that too many believers and too many churches are satisfied with the omnipresence of God and instead of the manifest presence of God. Give you a second to drink that in. Too many churches today are interested in the omnipresence of God instead of the manifest presence, the glory of God. Look at this. This is what omnipresence is. God is literally everywhere. He's not limited by space, time, or mass. God is everywhere. Omni meaning all, presence, all present, everywhere. He's present right here. He's present in in the church across town. He's present at your mama's house. He's present at the grocery store, the gas station, the doctor's office, the hospital, the capital, the beach. He's present everywhere at all times. This is... Psalm, one nine, uh, Psalm 139, 7 and 8 says, can I, I can never escape your presence, your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I descend to the depths of hell, you're there. Think about this for a second. God is present everywhere, even in hell. He's omnipresent. But here's something that I want you to understand. That God's presence does not manifest itself the same everywhere. All right, think about, I I don't know if I'm moving too fast for you or if maybe I'm not explaining it right. But God's omnipresence, he's everywhere all the time. He's eternally existent everywhere, even in hell. There's not a place where God is not at. I'm going to preach this maybe next week, so I don't, hope I don't bleed over into it too much. I've, just, I've been in places where people are like, I just didn't feel the Holy Ghost there, people. The Holy Ghost just wasn't there. No, the Holy Ghost was there. I'm not sure what was wrong with your wood. It was probably a little wet, but God is everywhere all the time. But God doesn't manifest himself the same everywhere. I want you to look at this. The manifest presence, which is the glory of God, the kabod. It literally means the full weight or the significance of Yahweh's value. God's presence, his power, and his goodness. And here's, in the manifest presence is where transformation takes place. Why is it important that we as a church or we as a people are not just okay with God's manifest presence or or omnipresence? Well, we were at church and God was there today. Yeah, God's going to be in the room when we leave. He ain't leaving. He's here all the time. Holy Spirit. You are welcome here. You know, come in, Holy Spirit. We sing songs like that, but it's not like God wasn't here and then he floods into the place. No, when we sing songs like, come flood this place and fill the atmosphere, what we're saying is, God, we want you to shift from omnipresence to manifest presence. We want you to make yourself known to us the glory of your presence in a way that we don't experience anywhere else. We want you to come meet with us right here. I had a lady one time tell me, and this sounds good, it sounds spiritual, but it's dangerous. And I knew that she wouldn't be with us very long. But she told me, she said, well, I just go wherever the presence of God is. That sounds spiritual. Number one, God's everywhere. Number two, I'll talk to you about this next week. You can experience the manifest glory of God anywhere.
I'm telling you what, I don't want to talk too much about my vacation, but when I'm, I'm just underwater, it's just me 50 yards out from the beach. And I'm surrounded by coral. And it's just, you can't make that stuff up. It's, you can't get it anywhere else in the world. you got to be in a certain spot in the world, wherever they have them. And I'm standing there, or, or hovering there in the water. And, you know, it's like, it's like you're flying. There's 40 feet before the ground down there. You can see fish there. You can see fish. They're swimming by you like, you know, you're nothing. And I'm looking at this and I'm going, who but God? If you've ever been to the Grand Canyon and you've stood on that and it literally, if you've never, I have really good depth perception. And as I'm standing over the the little rail there, it's like I'm kind of dizzy. Because you can't tell how far things are away. It's just really, if you've never been there, you don't know what I'm talking about. But if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. And you go, this is really big. Like, it's massive. Yet it's, we're, we're one of the tiniest planets in the Milky Way and the galaxy. Like, how can it be so big and so tiny at the same time? Who but God that's when you, you see the manifest glory of God. You become aware of God's presence. And in the presence of God is where the man, uh, uh, in, in the manifest presence of God, the glory of God is where transformation takes place. And we've had prophetic words in this house that just line up with the Bible, with the scripture, that says, in this house... People will be healed in their seats. Nobody will touch them. They'll just be healed in their seats during worship. Why? Because the one who heals is the one who brings the glory. And you've heard me say, why is the presence of God so important? Because in Him, Yahweh, in Him I am. The lady on the screen that was talking to us this morning about His name. is How do you, how do you describe somebody who is? And always was and always ever will be. How do you explain somebody who had no beginning and will have no end? How do you explain somebody? Like it's incomprehensible to me that how does God not have a beginning? How is that possible? It's provable though by math. It's mathematically provable. You just prove it by math. What's, what's beyond zero? Hmm? Negative one. What's beyond negative one? Negative two. What's beyond negative ten? And negative eleven. What's beyond negative nine hundred ninety-nine million kabillion zillion? Like, like there is no beginning or end to numbers. Right there illustrates the infinity of God. How can God exist and not have a beginning? Who but God? Are you getting a sense of the kabod of the glory of God? The greatness of who he is. This is where transformation happens in the glory. It's where lives are changed. It's where no preacher can convince you or sell you this bill of goods or motivate you towards God. It's when you feel God compelling you and drawing you in a way that nothing can. It's when you've experienced the glory of God in a way that nobody else can explain it to you. Do you know how many books that I've read that discount the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Do you know how many books I've read? You know, I mean, not dozens, but probably five or six books. Because I'm always looking for, like, both sides of it, man. I mean, if this thing can't turn, uh, can't uh, test, stand to the test of scrutiny, like, it's not worth even living. But I've read books that they talk about how that gift is no longer available for the church today and how uh, the, the gifts of the Spirit have passed away. And I'm just like, I will read that stuff all day long. And then, you know, the place that I come to, the place that I come to rest at 
is I've experienced it myself. You can say it's weird. You can say all these different things. But I'm here to tell you the baptism in the Holy Spirit is real. Speaking in tongues is real. Your prayer language is real. It, it's scriptural. God is real in it. And yes, it's weird. But there are a lot of things that are weird that people are accepting of. But when it comes to God, they don't accept God's strangeness. They want a little bitty God. They want a God with no glory. They want a God that they can put in a box. They want a God that they completely understand. They want a God that they're bigger than. That's not the God I serve. The God that you and I serve is a God who is big and glorious and mighty and His ways are higher than our ways. And when I don't understand it, He's still God. And when I don't like it, He's still God. And when I have what I think is a better way, He's still God. And when I think I know better for myself, He's still God. He's big and He's mighty and He's glorious. And when we sing songs like, I exalt you. Meaning, God, I give you the highest place in my life. You're higher than Oprah Winfrey. You're higher than any medium. You're higher than any television newscast. You're higher than any president. You're higher than any conspiracy theorist. You're higher than my mom, my dad, my family, my, my wife. You're higher than everything. And I exalt you. I exalt you. And so when we look at this, why is the manifest presence so important? Guys, the manifest presence, a church without the glory of God is like a, is like a, a car without gasoline. It's like a, a plane without wings. A church that does not have the glory of God. The sad thing, I started this message with you saying that over the last 35 years, we've convinced ourselves that doing church in the flesh with excellence is better than doing church in the flesh poorly. The reality is that many people, pastors included, do not even realize what is glory and what is not. They don't realize it. They don't realize the the difference between charisma and the anointing. Are you following me? They don't, they don't recognize, they don't realize that there is a difference between a, a church that is run like a well-oiled business and well-oiled machine. They don't get that none of that at the end of the day matters. If the glory of God is not there, it does not matter if you have a pastor or a speaker who is eloquent and looks powerful and can do so many different things in and of themselves without the glory of God. There are people who are powerful in their gifting. There are people who are eloquent in their gifting and they can draw a crowd and they can draw, uh, you know, whether it's a small crowd or a big crowd, they can draw a crowd and there is a certain amount that they can do on their own ability that comes from God. But when you add that anointing, when you add the glory of God, that's when it becomes something transcendent. That when you leave at the end of the day, no one could have done this except God. It's where transformation takes place. Philippians 4, 19 and 20 says, My God will supply every need that we have according to his riches. Where? In glory. He'll supply our needs according to his riches that come from where? Glory. Listen, when the Father comes in the fullness of who he is, when he comes in the fullness of his glory, he's bringing everything with him. He's bringing all he possesses. The weightiness of himself enters the room. There is healing in his wings. When he comes into the room, when the glory of God settles, there's healing available in the room. There's salvation available in the room. There's deliverance available in the room. There's, there's so much... It, it's indescribable. You, you, 
It's indescribable, and you cannot put it into words or bullet points what God does when the kabod of God comes into the place. I want you to turn with me to Matthew chap- or Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5 is where the lady who has been struggling with the issue of blood, the blood disease for all these years comes. Jesus has been on one side of the lake and he's coming to the other side. And while he's there, I'm not going to read this part, but while he's there, a young man is waiting for him and his daughter is ill. And he says, you know, I want you to come uh, heal my daughter. And while he's, he's asking... And the crowds are gathered round because Jesus had came back. There's a lady in the crowd, and she actually interrupts that dude's blessing. You know, he's, he's trying to receive from the Lord, and she's like, i got to get mine. This guy's got something that I need. I want you to listen to this, and I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation. I normally read from the New Living Translation, but I want to read from the Passion Translation, and hopefully you can follow along. In verse 25 of Mark chapter 5, it says, Now, in the crowd that day was a woman who suffered horribly from a continual bleeding disease for 12 years. She had endured a great deal under the care of various doctors, yet in spite of spending all she had on their treatments, she was not getting better, but she was getting worse. Now, this woman, she's looking for her healing in all these different places, and nothing is changing. It's going in the reverse direction. Verse 27, this is so important, guys. And I promise you, you will not regret it if you you grab a pen and you start circling things in your Bible. Verse 27, when she heard about Jesus' healing power, I just got to stop. Here's a crowd. Jesus is in the middle. Everybody's pressing in. God is present in the form of Jesus. God is present. God's also omnipresent in the form of Yahweh. But there's this crowd of people around. He's trying to heal Jairus' daughter. You know, he's coming asking for help. And while all of that's going on, here, out of nowhere, this woman is creeping up. And she's, just, she's trying to get as close as she can. But here's the point that I want to point out to you. When she heard about, circle that. When she heard about, however it says it in your translation. When she heard about Jesus' healing power. Listen to me, guys. When she heard about it. Somebody had to tell her about it. Before this encounter, we presuppose from the text that a conversation happened a while back. And this person, male or female, relative or friend or stranger, said, Girl, I'm telling you, there is a guy going around Galilee and he's healing everybody. He's healing blind folks that don't even know the Lord. He's healing people that know him. I mean, it's crazy you got to come and see it. I wonder, could it have been the Samaritan woman? You know, said, you got to come see this man. He told, told me everything I ever did. you got to come see this man. She wins her whole village and brings him out there. You know, who was it? But somebody had been in the glory of God. They had been transformed. They had been transformed, and they told her about it. Now, Get ready, pick your toes up off the floor because I'm fixing to step on them for a second. How many times have you and I been in the manifest glory of God and God has done something for you and I and we just leave it like it was something that happened at the grocery store, just a typical thing that happens every single day and we sin through omission by not giving God glory I'm sorry if it hurts your feelings. I've had people to 
to say, I, I don't get these kind of people. I'm telling you, if I ever got something that I needed the church to pray for, I don't care if it's prostate or if it's uh, colon or if it's brain or if it's neck or if it's thumb or little pinky toe. I want the church praying for me. I want the church praying for me. I don't care. I want people to know because when God heals me, he's going to get some big glory, some big glory out of it. And how many times does God do things in our lives that people, like, I'm serious, that's what the good news is. Preacher, I just don't know how to witness to people. I don't know a lot about the Bible. The good news is just that, the good news. What good has he done for you? And then you just share that with people. God healed me. God saved my son. God came through. Oh, my child was on drugs and the Lord delivered him. You don't know who is out there that is waiting on a testimony that you're carrying around in your mouth. And they're waiting on you and me to open our mouth and give him glory for what he has done. Let the kabod just flow out of your mouth, just flood out of your mouth. Because somebody is hopeless out there and they need to hear the glory out of your mouth to motivate them. And this woman who has expended everything, I know what that's like. I know what that's like to be a person in pain and someone to tell me, listen, you need to try this doctor for your back. I'm sorry, I've tried everything. I'm telling you, if you'll go here, he'll fix that TMJ that you've got. Listen, I'm sorry, this is just something I've done with. My mama had headaches, my sister got headaches, I got headaches. It's just a thing we do. Are you getting me? We begin to rationalize our generational junk. It's just something my family's got. Chop that off. Somebody said to me, you got to go to this doctor. I promise you, I went to the doctor and he knew. He knew that physician knew how to fix me. But I never would have gone if I had not heard that person giving glory to that doctor. But in this situation, they were giving the great physician the glory. And in verse 27, when she heard about Jesus' healing power, healing power, when she heard about this, that healing power is the glory of God. The healing power is the kabod of God. She pushed through. There are some people that are trying to push through. They are just, they're trying to push through. It's so hard to get to the glory of God. But I'm telling you what, at times, and you know I'm telling you the truth because you've experienced it too. When you've been ready to give up, somebody comes along beside you and somebody else says, hey, hey guys, I'm just telling you, God will do this. Or God, God, they'll encourage you. They'll edify you. They'll push you on. They'll spur you on towards the finish line. And just when you're about to give up, they'll, they'll help push you through. And so she began to push through the crowd. And then she came up from behind him and touched his prayer shawl. I know in your scripture it says robe, but Jesus being... The Messiah, Jesus being a rabbi of sorts, he would have been a teacher, a master. He would have had his prayer to lead. And here's why that's so important. Because it's in prayer that we enter into glory outside of a setting like this. Where do we enter in? How is your vertical relationship with the Lord? Listen, I don't care how many friends you got on Facebook or Spacebook or any other book. Like, that's not important. How is your relationship with God? How is your, your intimacy time with the Lord? How are you doing with that? There are people, I'm telling you, that they're more interested in their horizontal relationships than they are 
in their vertical relationship. I've seen people, some of you may be watching today, that they have sacrificed the vertical relationship for horizontal relationships. While you and I are supposed to be being light to a dark world, we're allowing a dark world to influence us. And we have begun to alter our understanding and alter our, our um, knowledge, alter our acceptance of the word of God because we don't want to lose these friends. We don't want to, you know, but we like him or we like her. Or I'm trying to date this one. Or I'm trying to, or I used to go to church with that one. Or I, I used to be under this one's ministry. Not important. Where are we in our vertical relationship with God? And I've seen it too much. For she kept saying to herself, verse 28, If only I could touch his clothes, I know I will be healed. And soon after her hand touched him, her bleeding immediately stopped. She knew it, for she could feel her body instantly being healed of her disease. I don't know if you've ever felt that feeling before. When you felt your body change, when you felt your chemistry, makeup change, and you knew, I'm healed, man. I'm just telling you, I'm healed. You felt it pop. You felt it go back into place. You felt a spirit lift off of your mind. It's an amazing feeling when the glory of God transforms us in that way. And as soon as he touched her, she immediately, the bleeding stopped for she could feel her body being instantly healed of her disease. And in verse 30, Jesus knew at once that someone had touched him for he felt the power that always surged around him, that's the kabod. This, is, this right here is a, is, is a almost literal, listen to me, this is almost a literal translation of the Greek. Your, your Bible might say it a little differently. For he felt the power that always surged around him. That's the glory of God. The glory of God, the kabod, it's always surging around him. And he's walking through the crowd and all these people are touching him. Nada. All of these people are pressing in, touching him. Nothing. Why? Because they were just there to be part of the crowd. But there was somebody who was there in that crowd that she was like, today is my day. I'm going to get there. Why am I going to get there? Because Rosie told me what happened. Margaret told me. John told me that he was in a place where this guy healed. So she's going based upon the, the valid testimony of a trusted friend, a person of integrity. And she shows up. And she reaches out. And when she touches him... The kabod, it's like, boop, the cork is popped on it. And, it and, and, you know, like you pull up the plug in a tub, and all of a sudden, there's a release. And Jesus, as he's moving throughout the crowd, remember, he is in the middle of healing this girl that's away, not even there. She's far away. He's in the middle of this. She touches him. And he goes, hang on a second, somebody touched me. Who was it? Come on, who was it? He knows who it is. He's like, but you got to, your act of faith. How many people, how many, I wonder how many people would go, uh-oh, oh crap. Mm -mm. Not me. I don't want to be, I don't, I just want to shrink. I wonder how many people. Jesus wants us to step up and testify. He inhabits the praise. He inhabits the testimony. He inhabits the recounting of what he did. He recounts in the good news uh, or, or manifests himself in the recounting of the good news. I know some people get tired of me telling 
stories. And it's like, if you get tired of it, I'm sorry, just go into the other room. I've had my own family to tell me, oh, I heard this story a thousand times. I ain't telling it for you. I'm telling it for the person standing in front of me. As a matter of fact, it'd be better if you got up and left the room. Bring that negativity around. It interrupts the kabod that's happening. It interrupts what's the, the point that God is trying to do. He looked around and he's looking for somebody who's about to testify of God's goodness. Why is it important? Who touched me? I need the glory. Do we really read through that prism of arrogance that, who touched me? I need to know so I can get the credit. No, because just like she came to the transforming power of Jesus by one, he's in a crowd of people that her testimony, her validation of what happened had the potential to affect thousands. Are you following me? Her testimony. Well, I don't want to draw attention to myself, preacher. I'm shy. I'm an introvert. Well, then let the rocks cry out in your place then. Oh, pastor, that just hurts my little toes. Well, get you some spiritual steel-toed boots. Because God needs you and me to open our mouth and glorify him with the things. And it's not even about you. It's not even about him receiving the glory. It's about what the glory does when the glory comes. That's what it's about. And so let me see. I got a couple of other things here. I might have missed this. When it says, for she could feel her body, da 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 power surged around and passed through him. Who touched me? All right, he says down here, when she says, I'm in, I'm, I'm jumping down to verse 33. When he asked her, and she says, I was the one who touched you. And then in verse 34, he says, daughter, because you dared to believe, your faith has healed you. Circle the word healed. Because, because the word healed there is sozo. Now, in our house, destiny, we are very familiar with the word sozo. Wait. Your faith healed you? Your faith sozoed you? Like, she came for healing, but she got so much more. She came for healing, but the words... See, the Holy Spirit could have used another word for heal there. Because there are multiple Greek words for heal. But he used the word sozo. So that when she came to get... Not only did she get healed of that disease, but she came into lordship, a relationship. He became her lord. She became a believer in this man. I want the musicians to come. I love the part here when Jesus asked who touched them. Verse 31, his disciples answered, what do you mean who touched you? Like, can, can you not see all these people here? Like, Lord, we don't know who, who touched you. And he's like, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about somebody pressing up against me or bumping up against me or like they're just in the crowd to see if I'm going to feed people again today. You know, I'm not talking about, you know, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about people who are here just to see, like, you know, if somebody's legs going to grow out or somebody gets... I'm not talking about people who are just here to see a miraculous sign because we got to be careful when we say, I just want to see signs and wonders, man. we got to be careful of that. Yes, we do, but Jesus also said, you adulterous, perverted generation, y'all always seeking a sign. we got to be careful because signs and wonders are great, but they are products of the glory. They're not the glory themselves. And so he's like, no, you don't understand. I'm not talking about who touched me, who's just here. Somebody is here on a mission, and somebody touched me. 
There is a difference in being in a time of worship. There is a difference in coming into a place where God's moving and he's doing different things. God is looking for people who will touch him. God is looking for people who will press in, who will press past. But I'm, I'm going to tell you, because before I was a preacher, a pastor, I used to sit out there in those seats a lot. And I used to sit out there and say, God, today I want you to touch me. Anybody ever been there? You might be there right now. Oh, I desire to touch from God, but I didn't desire to touch God. Woo! That was good, God. I desired a touch from God, but I didn't desire to to touch God. I'm out there. I'm in the seats, and I'm like, God, you got to show up for me today. There's something in the story, guys, this real-life account of this woman that has endured through the millennia. Mm. Jesus didn't push through the crowd for her. Jesus didn't come onto the scene and go, where she's at? I know there's somebody here. I know there's somebody here. I know there's somebody here. Where's she at? Where's she at? Oh, there you are. Jesus didn't push through to her. She pushed through to him. She got up. Man, she'd been bleeding for 12 years. I don't even know what you call that. Hemophiliac? I don't know. Somebody, I mean, you know, when you're bleeding, your blood pressure's not right. You feel weak. I just don't think I'm going to go today, guys. I don't think I'm going Preacher, stay off my toes. I don't think I'm going today. I just don't feel up to it. Now, I didn't go on to how many church services and the Lord ain't healed me? How many church services have I been to? How many crowds? You know, this woman could have said all of those things. Do you know how much money I've spent? Do you know how much time I've invested? But Jesus didn't push through to her. She pushed through to him. And it was based on the glory that came out of somebody's mouth. Who this week, who this week, listen to me, who this week does not have the strength to push through? They're done. And the glory of God is in your mouth. The kabod of God is on your tongue. And the Lord is going to put you in a place this week. And it's just going to come out of your mouth. And transformation is going to happen because you gave God glory. Well, Pastor Rife, am I going to know it when it happens? I don't know. I told a guy one time, he's a prophet friend of mine, and I told him, I said, you're just like you're, You open your mouth and God says such powerful things out of your mouth to me. Like speaks directly to my heart. And he's like, when? I'm like, I don't know. We were riding down the road and you were just, he's like, well, what was it? I'm like, I don't even remember. It happens all the time. And he, it's not for you to know. The glory's not for you. It's for him, always for him. And don't worry if you know it. Just walk and be as he is. Like, let's, let's just be like him. 
He just is. What if we were like that? What if we just go out and we just just be? Does that make sense to you? What if we just be? Be Him. Be the glory. And like when you're just being it, you don't walk in the grocery store. This is something you got to hone, guys. You got to, you truly have to hone this. You can't walk in the grocery store and go like, all right, let's glory up. I'm fixing to release some glory up in here. No, you just walk in it all the time. Pastor, I'm just not sure if I believe that. Well, if you don't believe that, you don't believe the Bible. Because in Acts chapter, I believe it's 515. Peter. You know that guy who's a royal screw up? The one who's denying Jesus. I'll never deny you, Jesus. I won't. And he's denying him. He just walked through the streets. And people are hearing, hey, hey, that Peter dude's coming through the streets. Get your tail up. They're dragging them out into the street. Dragging them out into the street. So that just when, like, there's my shadow. I don't know if you can see it, but there's my shadow. That the kabod, that surge of power, that when Peter just walked by them, they were healed. Never touched them. Just the kabod, the, sh- the mere shadow of Holy Spirit. And just be that. Be that. Be that at the place where you work. Be that in your family. Be that to your lost friends. Be that, be that wherever you are. I promise you, God, I promise you. When you get this vertical right and you live in the manifest glory cloud, you will forget it's there, which is a beautiful thing. But people will notice it. They won't even know what to call it. Sometimes they'll call it, if they don't know the Lord, they'll call it mystical stuff. Like, there's an energy... I like your karma. I'm like, you can call it Carmen or Fred or whatever you want. It's the Holy Ghost. But they will. They will, they will sense the glory, the kabod around you. And it's like, I don't know what it is, but I like that guy. I'm going to refer him to a friend of mine because there's some integrity. There's something there. Can't put my finger on it, but. It's the glory of the Lord. It's the glory of the Lord. Too many believers are satisfied with the omnipresence instead of the manifest presence. Would you partner with me? Listen, next week, what? All through the week, God is going to be here in his omnipresence. He's going to be here when the lights are off and everybody's going home. He's going to be here. He's going to be here next week before we get here and we come in and we turn everything on and do this again. But would you partner with me that we're going to pursue the glory of God and we're never going to stop. We're never, ever, 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 ever going to stop. Because it is the most important thing that destiny, it's the most important treasure that we have. It's not the pastor. It's not the church leadership. It's not the fact that we have a building to meet in. It's not the fact that we've got musicians or singers or equipped. It's none of that stuff. It's the manifest glory of God. It's invisible. You can't feel it. Well, you can feel it, but you can't, you can't like reach out and touch it like this tangible. But you know when it's in the room. Next week, I'm going to talk to you about how to, how to get in touch with that. How to 
We're going, to be, we're going to make this our life's mission from this point on. I mean, it's always been important to us. It's always been the fulcrum of everything we do. But I'm telling you, like this is the most important thing that Destiny Church will ever do. Because without the glory of God, this is useless. Without the glory of God. Let me wrap this up for you. Develop your desire, not simply your desperation or duty, to draw you into Yahweh's manifest presence. Develop a desire, a hunger for the Lord. Not just desperation. Now, this woman was desperate. Desperation, I've seen it work. And I've also seen desperation fail so many times. I'm desperate for the Lord to heal me of cancer. The Lord heals them of cancer. And they do not serve the Lord. I've seen the Lord. I'm desperate. I I, I need a financial miracle. God blesses them, blesses their business. And they do not follow the Lord. Almost every person, oh, I've been to prison. I've driven up to prison, uh, to the county jail, every Tuesday for almost two solid years straight. Man, I love the Lord. You know, when he gets me out of here and when the Lord gets them out of there, I've seen them. They don't know nothing about Jesus, don't remember none of that, all those promises that they made. I'm not saying desperation doesn't work because we have proof in the text. I just read you that it did. But at the end of the day, desperation cannot be what drives you. It's got to be your desire. Jesus said it this way. He said, if any man is desperate for me, mm -mm. if any man feels like he's obligated to follow me, no. He said it this way. If any man desires to follow me, then let him take up his cross. Cross is a place of suffering, by the way. It's a place of duty. It's a place of sacrifice. I'm telling you, when you desire the Lord, it doesn't matter. Sacrifice doesn't matter. I'll sacrifice. I'll suffer. I'll do whatever. When your desire is there, but when you're doing it out of desperation and duty only, there's not as much stickiness to it. So how can I take this message today, Pastor Rife? What if you traded something that has no intrinsic God value? All right? Stick with me before I show you the other stuff. How can I, how can I activate this word? How can I, how can I Become more aware of God's, not his omnipresence. I can go out and look at the clouds and go, yeah, God's here today. But become aware. What if you traded something that has no intrinsic God value? Like maybe your favorite three hours of Netflix binging. I'm not against that. I do it myself. But what if you traded something? Maybe your time watching a game or something. What if you traded That for meditating to some praise and worship music. What if you just took some amazing worship music and the time I'm going to spend on this, I'm just going to go outside and and let this music, I'm just going to let God do whatever God wants to do. What if you studied a particular book of the Bible? You traded something that has no God value And you say, I'm I'm just going to read through Acts. Or I'm going to read through John or anywhere. Don't start in Lamentations, okay? Don't do that. What if you just signed up for a daily devotional? That every day, it comes to your phone at the start of the day. And you just, before you started anything else... Pastor Reif, I just don't have time. Stop lying. Stop it. 
Because most of the time, you're just like me. The first thing you do is you flip over to the news on your phone or Facebook. (laughs) If you have time, and I have time to do that, we have time. So I want to pray. And as we pray today, I'm going to pray for you for your opportunities this week. And then our prayer team is going to be down front. And they'll pray with you for anything that you have, a physical need, spiritual need, anything like that. So prayer team, would you come? And I'm going to pray for your needs uh, or, or for your opportunities this week. Because, see, I believe that God speaks the word and then he activates the word. So Holy Spirit, this week, there are, there are those of us in this room that, God, we're going to grab this word. And we are going to activate it in our life. There are men and women in this room today that, like, they, they've been hearing this with their spirit and not just with their ears. And, God, they're going to come into contact with people this week. And, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would give them wisdom on how to reveal your glory through their mouth, the kabod to flow out. God, they're not going to have to draw attention to it. They're not going to have to say, hang on a second, God's fixing to show up. If you tell them to say that, then so be it. But they're just going to be as you are, so we will be. We're just going to be you. And God, you're going to provide opportunities. And there might be some this week that you know of and some that you're totally unaware. But I promise you, if you'll make yourself available, God is going to allow you to be his glory carrier this week. Would you say this with me in your spirit? Holy Spirit, I want you to come reside in me in the fullness of who you are. So that wherever I am this week, God, that that surging power that flows around you flows around me like it did the Apostle Peter. Peter was just an ordinary guy. He was just like any other man that made himself available. I'm just like that. I'm just any guy. I make myself available, Holy Spirit, for you to come and dwell in me, in all of the fullness that I can handle, God. Bring me into encounters and networks and transitions where people come into my presence. And as they come into my presence, God, they encounter your presence. 